stories of the life of Jesus Christ according to the Gospel of Luke. Luke chapter 8. Jesus went about from one village to another and from one town to another, preaching the good news. That's the message to the people. And his disciples were with him, and large crowds rolled around him. And there were some women also who were with Jesus whom Jesus had healed from every evil affliction and sicknesses. They were Mary Magdalene, whom seven demons were cast out, Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Aaron's store manager, and Susanna, and many other women who followed Jesus and supported him and helped him out of their means. Then large crowd gathered round Jesus, and Jesus began to teach them, saying, There was once a man, who went out to sow some seed. Some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came to eat them. Others fell on a stony ground, and there there was no moisture, and the seed died quickly. And another seed fell in a stony ground, and the seed was choked and also died. And the remaining seed fell on a good ground, and it produced many crops. Therefore, Jesus said, He that heart and hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. Then Jesus' disciples asked him privately, Why he told the story and what it meant. Then Jesus told them, To you it is given to understand the mystery of the kingdom of God, but to them it is not given, so that in seeing they cannot see, and in hearing they cannot understand. Then he told them the meaning of the parables, that the seed is the word of God, and the ground are the hearts of men. And the seed that fell by the wayside are for those who hear the word of God, but the enemy comes quickly and takes them out of their hearts. And the seed that fell on the stony ground are those that, when they hear the word of God, they receive it with excitement. But when challenges comes as a result of the world, the seed dies quickly because it doesn't go very deep into their hearts. And the word and the word that fell amongst the thorns are for those that hear the word of God, but the cares of this life, the riches and worries of this life doesn't allow the world grow to perfection. Thus the seed dies. And the word of God that falls on a good ground are for those with a noble and a good heart, who hears the word of God and retains it. They, are, they also persevere with it, thus producing a crop of harvest in their lives. Then Jesus said, No man lights a candle and hides it under a, a bird or under a bushel, for he puts it on the lampstand so that so that all that come in can see the light. For there is nothing that is hidden that shall not come to the open. Therefore, be careful of what you listen to. Then Jesus' mother and brothers came to see him, but they couldn't get past the crowd, so they sent someone to him. Then Jesus said, Who is my mother and brother? Those who hear the word of God and do it. It's he. Those are my mother my brother and sister for obedience is thicker than blood 
Then Jesus and his disciples got into a boat, and Jesus said, Let us cross to the other side. And they sailed on and had a smooth ride, and Jesus fell asleep. And suddenly there was a storm, and his disciples went to him and woke him up, saying, Master, Master, we perish it. And Jesus got up and rebuked the storm, commanded the wind to be silent and the waves to be quiet. And the lake was as smooth as the glass. And Jesus told his disciples, Why can't you trust me? But his disciples were amazed and wondered, Who is this that even the waves obeys him? Then they sailed to the country of Ganaris, directly opposite Galilee. And as his boat stepped on the land, there was a man who was demon-possessed. And he was screaming and saying, What business do, I, do you have with me? You are Jesus, son of the Most High God. But don't give me a hard time, the man said, because Jesus has started to order the unclean spirit out of the man. Time after time, the unclean spirit threw the man down and he convulsed. For he had been chained several times, and he had often caught the chains. And he asked, Jesus asked him, What is your name? And he said, Legion, for we are many. Then they begged Jesus desperately not to send them to the abyss, but to send them to the swines. Then Jesus orders them there. And the herds of pigs ran into the river, and they all drowned in it. And those tending for the pigs were afraid and told their stories in towns and villages. And people came to see what happened. And those that saw what had, what had happened happened finished their story and they told the people. And the people were afraid seeing the man that had been demon-possessed in his right mind and wearing clothes. For he had not worn any clothes for a long time. And he was in his right mind, sitting at the feet of Jesus. And the people begged Jesus to leave their country. And, and the man who was delivered from the, demon, from the demons went to Jesus and begged him to follow him. But Jesus sent him back and told him to go and tell what the Lord had done for him. And the man went about the old country, telling what Jesus had done for him. When Jesus returned, a great crowd was expecting him. And there was a man named Jairus, who was a chief in the synagogue. His daughter, an only child, was sick, and he came and fell at the feet of Jesus, for Jesus to come and heal his daughter. And Jesus told him, And Jesus followed him, sorry. But on his way going, there was a woman who had an issue of blood, and she had spent all that she had on physician to get cure of her illness, but all to no avail. Then she said within herself, If I may just touch the hem of his garment, I shall be healed. Then she touched it, and she was healed instantly. Then Jesus stopped and asked, who has touched me? And no one came by. And Peter said, Lord, lots of people are thronging around you and you asked who touched you? 
But Jesus said, someone touched me, for I felt power leave me. As in, for Jesus had felt power leave him. And then the woman, she could no longer hide. She came out, fell at his feet, and told her story. And he said to her, daughter, you took risk in trusting me. You are healed and whole. Live well, live blessed. While he was talking, someone came from Jairus' home and said his daughter was dead. And he shouldn't trouble the master anymore. Jesus told him not to be afraid, but to believe. Then when Jesus got to the home of Jairus, he saw people wailing and crying at his home. And Jesus told them to stop crying, for the girl was not dead, but only asleep. And they laughed Jesus to scorn. Then Jesus entered into the room where this little girl was laid. And he took with him inside the room Peter, John, James, and the girl's parents. And Jesus held the the girl's hand and said, My dear daughter, get up and the girl got up her parents were static and jesus warned them not to tell a soul what had happened in the room what a lovely story what i've learned from the above scripture the first lesson is The women who followed Jesus during his time on earth and during his ministerial journey, they were those Jesus had healed and they committed themselves to serving Jesus, even out of their own finances. They were not, they were not forced. They, they, they chose to do it. I mean, to me, that's, that's, that's gratefulness. Jesus could afford everything he needed. Remember when Jesus wanted to pay his tax and he told one of the disciples to go to the river and the first fish they get out, they should open it, a coin is there, they used to pay. You know, Jesus could afford everything. When the devil was tempting Jesus to turn the stones to bread, he, could, he knew that Jesus could do it. But Jesus knew that it was a temptation of the devil. So he, he, he had that control. No, you can't dictate to me what to do and all that. But really, they chose to do it. The women chose to do it. So it just got me thinking, when Jesus saves us, or when he delivers us, or Jesus has been good to us or our family, or our loved ones in what way do we say thank you to Jesus yeah it's good to say it oh thank you Jesus but with our life what do, what do we show to, show to to really say that we are grateful I mean these women they were really inspiring one of the women who was Susanna she was the wife of Chusa who was the manager in aerospace I mean this way they were also highly placed to men among them. People, women that were quiet. But they chose to, 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 to minister to Jesus out of their own finances. 
and i think it also it's jesus was humble also to also accept their gifts because remember he is also god he can he can afford everything he needs but he accepted he allowed them to be to bless him with their finances so this is a lesson for us in what way are we saying thank you to jesus for all he has done for us is he service in our local church is it being a blessing to the poor? Remember Jesus said that when you give to the poor, you are lending to the Lord. Is it even a change of lifestyle? Living a righteous life. Saying, for what Jesus has done for me, I don't want to live this life anymore. I just want to live to please God. I mean, that alone is like throwing, the, throwing darts to the enemy's camp. Because you choose not to follow his way. You, are now, you, you, you choose to being the ways of God. That is righteousness. You know, I know our righteousness is in Christ Jesus, but you determining to repent of your old ways and following how God wants us to live our life. I mean, that's, let's, let's think in which ways. Don't look at anybody. It's not a basis for competition. Don't look at anybody. I'm not looking at anyone, but you know yourself within you. What, in what ways can we say thank you to Jesus? So I think it has to, it comes from a grateful heart, really. So the Lord will help us. So the second lesson I've learned is, Jesus wants us to keep his word in our hearts. Jesus wants us to keep his word in our heart. Now this stems from the story, the story that Jesus told about the parable of the different hearts, seed, which is the word of God, and then the sower. When we hear the word of God, it just shows that, for instance, if there are many people here listening to the word of God, as you listen to me now, I know there are so many people listening to me. Your heart is what one of our hearts represents the story that Jesus just said, the illustration he gave. So if I know that my heart is that of a stony heart, then I know that, oh, Lord, please help me. I want my heart to be like the good one. And then I have also noticed Jesus wants us to keep his word to our heart. In what way can we keep God's word to our heart, if not with the help of the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is the one that can help us to open our hearts to the Word of God and take away every stone, everything that represents stones in our heart. That doesn't allow the Word of God to penetrate deep. It doesn't penetrate deep. There's no how it can germinate. There's no how the seed of the Word of God can germinate. There's no how it can grow. There's no how it can be retained. There's no how it can bear fruit. There's no how this there can be harvest. So what's the essence of listening if it's not going to yield the results? Now, that's, I, I was listening to a message on this particular chapter and I learned something new which I would like to learn. When you are not ready to listen to the word of God, don't listen to it. It can be dangerous. Yeah, I know that's, that's new. I learned that too and I was like, whoa. When you are not ready, don't listen to it because it can be dangerous. It can make you one's heart callous. Why am I listening if... I'm not ready. Why? Why? When I mean ready, I mean 
when you open your heart to receive the word of God and you've determined within yourself, I will not let go of it. I will keep studying the word of God. I will keep meditating on it till it see, it's like start seeing the result, the fruits in my life. That's what it means by that good heart that says it perseveres with the word of God. Stay with it. The good heart, according to definition, what the scripture says, it says, is a noble heart, the honest heart. Lord, this is how I am. This is what I think of. This is what I do. This is how, when someone offends me, this is how I feel. Maybe uh, it's, uh, um, it's, it takes time for me to let go. Just open up, be honest to God about it. I'm letting, because you can't do it on our own. And the Holy Spirit will begin to walk in us and through us. Or if it's that you'll be listening to the word of God and it's like, it doesn't make sense or anything. And that's a stony heart. So there's nothing, I know that, I believe that there's nothing God cannot do. So let's open up to him and be honest with him. What kind of heart do I have? What kind of heart do you have? We know within ourselves. You see, the definition is clear from the scripture. So let's let's lay them down, lay it down before God and ask him. He says that the word of God says, it says, I will give you a new heart. I will take away every stony heart out of your flesh and I will put a fleshy heart inside of you and a new spirit will I give unto you. You know, let's, it's only God that can do this transformation within us. And as we are yielding, ready, and we ask in genuineness, well, sincerity. No wonder God said in his voice, those who seek me diligently will find me. It's not those those who just read their Bible and just, oh, I've read my Bible. You just know the uh, the knowledge of the Word of God. No, study to show yourself approved. Study with the intent of making changes in, in that areas of life of my life of your life, which needs to make changes for. Study with the intent of doing. I want to study. I want to. What's the lesson? Do what I've just studied. I want to do it stay with the word of God, persevere with it and I pray that the Lord will help me We help you, We help every one of us, even as we resolved within ourselves to do the right thing so the third lesson I've learned is Jesus said whoever hears the word of God and practices them, the same is my family is my family member for obedience is thicker than blood yeah, Jesus said it. In, initially, when I read this part of scripture, and when Jesus' mother came to him, and they were, you know, they've people have said all manner of things. Jesus' crowds were following him. He was healing the sick, raising dead, doing every. Those who were afflicted, he was binding, casting out demons. They've heard all this, and people at the same time were also giving negative reports about this. That oh. He's chasing them out by the help of bells or something, and also, yeah, or maybe he's insane. It's you no, know, they've said a man of this. So, and as a mother, I understand how she feels. Even his family members, his brothers, and said they didn't believe in Jesus according to scripture. So, I think it's out of that concern they came and they could see the crowd that ah, they couldn't really understand it. So they called for him, maybe to speak to him in private. But Jesus knew better. He knew what their concerns were. And I think Jesus was, this. what Jesus said then was just making it clear to us, his followers, his disciples, by his grace. 
that the word of God, the family of Christ in which you find ourselves now, they are a family. Yeah, we came from a particular family, but if you even notice now, when you are in a group, like in a church, uh, Bible-living church group, you are with your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, you are even more closer to them. I, okay, let me talk for myself. I'm even more closer to them now than even my blood brothers and sisters. Yeah, I've, I I know they are, they are my brothers and sisters. I've got that. But now, the relationship has kind of, I don't know. You just, you just um, seems to love this new family that you've got. You just love them and all that. It's just like before you got married. You love your family. Everything is good. But when you get married, you see it's a different kind of love for your husband. Um, but if time you want to start having children, you see your family as, oh, after God, these are my family and all that. Yeah, they are your, the other, the, your brothers and sisters and all that. They are also your family. But this are my new family and you hold them in their heart. So Jesus says that what obedience is thicker than blood. So, um, the fourth lesson I've learned here is Jesus wants us to shine our light to others and not to withhold it. He wants us to be a blessing unto others. This can be retreated from when Jesus said that who is the man that lights his candle and puts it under the bed or under a bushel? But we put it on the lampstand so that all can see and be a blessing. So this is what God wants us to do. As we hear the word of God and we tell others about what we have heard, what you have learned is like putting your lights on the lampstand and hold you see not hiding it so i pray the lord will lead us to who so how we are going to go about that really so the fifth lesson i've learned here is jesus is so compassionate and is ready to heal and deliver those who come to him believing and trusting in him is so compassionate and ready to heal and deliver. Now, remember the story of Jairus. He was a ruler in the synagogue. He was a high ruler and he came to Jesus, asking him to come and heal his daughter. And Jesus, okay, let's go. But you know, there's no way Jesus goes and the crowd don't follow him. And everyone was strong around him and all that. So the there was this woman who had the issue of blood and she couldn't really reach him like that because of the crowds. But within herself, she told herself, you know, that's, that's a level of faith that is so mind-blowing. It's just like the centurion man who sent for Jesus to come and heal his daughter. Sorry, his servants. Who he, he, he prized highly, loved his servants. And then when Jesus was going to his house ah Jesus is so humble honestly Jesus was going to his house and then he, 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 he later sent him and I said no tell him not to worry I understand authority just tell him to speak the word now these are people who are ah, when we think of this it's, it challenges our faith in what way do we do we show in our life in our everyday situation that we trust God yeah we know we've got the NHS here We've got everything readily available. When we need it, it's just, just go for it. But do we exercise our faith? Do we exercise it? Yeah, I know that in this time, 
Jairus, they didn't have this opportunity then. They had Jesus. So thank God Jesus was there with them. But they still, but they were still obstacles their way that is not everybody could reach Jesus like that because of the crowd. And it was an opportunity to exercise your faith. So that tells me that it's every challenge is, most challenges are blessings. It brings out our potentials, that hidden potentials that we do not even know we have. It brings it out. So let's welcome challenges, really. When it comes, embrace it. There are lessons to be learned. There are potentials to be unleashed from our lives as a result. Now, Jesus and the woman said within ourselves, within herself, if I may just touch, I mean, not even hold his hand or grab the cloth, just touch the air, just tiny. And when she just did, now this is a woman that has been suffering, according to the gospel of, I think, Matthew or John, suffering for the last past 12 years, spending all that she has just to make this blood flow stop, and it didn't stop. And imagine how she must have been ostracized by a community, because even when you, I, I know, as at that time, when you're even doing your menstrual your your period as a woman you are being considered as unclean so imagine she wouldn't even have friends even families they would just you know she, she was just being lonely it's, it's not it's not a, it's not a nice thing god didn't create us to be alone he created us as social being to interact but people won't want to it's just like someone that has leprosy people want to be close to her but for her bravery that's why jesus said she took risk by trusting in him for her bravery, she came. If I may just touch, and she touched it, and immediately her fountain of blood dried up. And Jesus knew, and he stopped and said, Who touched me? I mean, this were a crowd. I understand Peter's question that Lord, who did not touch you? Everybody's going around you, and you ask who touched you. I said, No, I know someone touched me before. He felt power leave him. You know. I pray that the power of Christ, as many people that are listening to me this morning, the power, the healing power of Christ shall come upon each and every one of us. Any ailments in our body, any discomfort, anything that doesn't give us peace or make us joyful or happy or be who God has made us to be, I pray that the power of Christ, healing power of Christ shall come upon us and heal it to the very roots in Jesus' name, from the very source in Jesus' name. Amen. So she came, she saw she couldn't hide anymore. She came trembling and then she said, Oh, she told her story. It's like sharing your testimony. This is it, you. And then she said, Oh, no. Because as at that time, women were not, were not, um, they were not valued then. To even see a man talking to a woman is like, Ah, no. They see women as the, the lowest of lowest in society. They were very vulnerable. But Jesus' ministry, see, like the beginning of this um, chapter, it says that there were women who followed Jesus in their ministry and they ministered to him. Jesus allowed them to minister to him from their own resources. So Jesus didn't treat women anyhow. He welcomed them and he made them feel valued. So Jesus is compassionate and is ready to heal and deliver those who come to him, believing and trusting in him. Now, the sixth lesson is Jesus doesn't want us to be afraid of anything in our lives. No matter the storm that comes our way, he just wants us to trust him. For he is in the boat with us. 
Yes, Jesus is in the boat. Like he was in the boat with his disciples when they were about crossing over to Ganaris and then they were asleep. He was in the boat and there was a storm and guess what? He was sleeping. Yeah, he was sleeping. There are storms that will come in our lives as tests. Well, guess what? The examiner is there, quiet, silent and seeing how we do. Do we trust Jesus? That no matter what we go through, He's here with me. No matter what, how, what I go through, Jesus is with me. And because Jesus is with me, I will overcome these challenges. And you know what? Like some people will say, like they're saying, God, what doesn't kill, what doesn't uh, kills you makes you stronger. So, like I said earlier, welcome challenges when they come. When they come, welcome them. There are hidden potentials to be unleashed. There are lessons to be learned. And sometimes, just to show who, who, the way trusting the giver of the blessing or, or the blessing itself. So, let's trust God. And it's also to f- shift our focus on Jesus. To depend solely on Him. And then also, let me just quickly talk about the... Um, the man the, that was healed from the demon the man that was healed from so many demons Jesus healed him and what I, I according to one of the messages I was listening to on this particular chapter it says that it's so amazing because when normally when people are demon possessed they don't they don't run to Jesus they 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 avoid him it's just like when there's sin in your life and somebody says to come to church, you don't want to come. Or when you know you're not living a life that is righteous or that is pleasing to you, you. Some people you say, let me go and stop drinking or smoking or let me go and stop all the bad things and then I'll come to church. No. Come as you are. It's just like when somebody is sick and you say, let me go and get healed first before I go to the hospital. Go, go to the hospital. That's where you find your healing. It's as simple as that. So the demon possessed in the man actually made the man go to Jesus. And the, the amazing thing is that even the even the devil, they, they see authority, they understand authority, and they know the authority. He said that they know the man, the demon possessed was talking to the man, saying that they know Jesus and all that is the son of God, but Jesus told him to be quiet. And he commanded the demons out of the man. And when the demons left him, the, the name Legion is a title and not the name of a demon. The title because there were so many demons in him. And when they begged Jesus not to send them to the abyss, but to send them to the pigs. And imagine about 2,000 pigs. When Jesus sent the demons there, they ran and God drowned. Imagine that amount of demon in a particular, in one human being's life. Ah. They've taken his life away from him. But thank God for the restorer of everything. The giver of life who was there at that time. Who changed everything in his life. And when they all, the people saw him, they couldn't, they couldn't contain the, the miracle that happened. And they had to tell Jesus that, please, just leave. And Jesus, he respected our choices. He left. And the man went to Jesus and was like, Please let me follow you. I understand the man. This ah, he has suffered too much in that place. What's more is left. Even his family, they must have disowned him long ago. You know, I'm sure you won't even know where they are. Let me just follow you and just be with you. But you know what? We can't dictate to Jesus how how uh, we want to follow him. He's the one to decide how he wants us to follow him. 
and Jesus told him, no, go back. There is work to be done. And then you can imagine the great work the man did there. Jesus told him, go back and tell the people what God has done for you. You know, so most times our message to the people of the world or even our friends and family might just be our testimonies. Our testimony is just enough. It's not you. It's, you might not even open the Bible, but to what God has done for you. So, you, have we told someone what God has done for us? God has done so much for us, but who have we told about it? Who have we encouraged with our, te- our testimonies, with our story? There's a story with everyone's life. So let's don't hide our light under the bushel. Let's put it on the lampstand so that others can benefit. God told, Jesus told him, the way I want you to follow me is to go back to your friends and family, go back to your country and tell what God has done. And the man did exactly this, that, that. And according to one of the chapters, it says that when Jesus went back to that town, the same people that said Jesus to a beg, just go and all that, they welcomed Jesus. In fact, they were ready with people that were lame. They were, you know, even looking at the man's lifestyle, I don't even think he even needs to talk too much, Seth. That, ah. This man that we have been trying to capture, we've chained him, we've done everything. He's one is right mind. In fact, the people were amazed when they came back and they saw him wearing cloth. Because he had not worn cloth for a long time. Which cloth? He's not, he's not what is wrong with him. It's not a cloth matter. And then they were, in fact, his life, his change of lifestyle. Well, as I said, one of the ways you can say thank you to Jesus is by changing our lifestyle. By changing the way we, we, we behave, with the way we act, the way we talk, the way everything, we can do that by the grace of God. And Jesus told him, this is how I want you to follow me. Go back to your family and do that. And he did and it was positive result. So I pray the Lord will help us. So I thank you for listening. The Lord bless you and have a lovely day.